For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I am your host, Dom Santina. And, guys, 22 episodes will now be in the book once this one is concluded. We're making our way up the ladder. 22 has come pretty fast. It seems like the last couple, three or four, have Seem like they've dragged on a little bit. The numbers haven't been flying up as high, but it's because it's been a little tougher to find guests these days, and unfortunately we won't be able to have a guest on this podcast as well. But there has been a ton more things coming in the news this recent week regarding the cross-country seasons at the high school and collegiate level. And I know it may not be the most exciting things, but I think it's something that I should update you guys on and kind of just kind of tell everybody where we're at and where it might lead to. I know we kind of touched on this two weeks ago, but with the ever-changing environment we're in these days, it's important to update what's going on and how we're changing. And there's been some big changes, positively and negatively, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But we want to take another minute to thank Dave Hudson once again last week for not only taking time out of his day, But to alert me that I had a little technical issue with the podcast, which I fixed. It's up. Go check it out. Episode 21, Dave Hudson. Find it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, and Believe.com, plus many more. And while you're at it, go back, listen to that episode. If you're listening right now, it's probably right below you, so go check it out. He did a great job talking about not only his running career, but his coaching career and kind of the philosophy of running as well. So we've had a lot of good guests. We've had a couple pro runners, a lot of collegiate runners, and then, of course, a couple coaches capping off most recently with Dave Hudson. Go check him out. Tell me what you think. Leave some comments, like, subscribe, share. All of it is appreciated. And if you want to comment, why don't you go to our social media? You can find us. On Instagram at Believe in the Long Run, or you can find us on Twitter at The Long Run 5. I've been a little behind on that, but I've got them up to date now where I am sharing the latest posts when we post a podcast. And I know this one's going to be a day later than normal just because I was trying to lock down a guest, but also because I couldn't get there, see what the news was. And there's been quite a bit, so I was trying to file through all of that as well. So go check out our social media sites. That's where we'll post the new episodes when they premiere and give you a little bio on who is appearing on the podcast episodes as well. So now that I've done my self-promoting and business side of things for myself, let's talk about episode 22 and let's get started with our warm-up session. And of course, we're going to start promoting once again a couple of virtual races that I found 
online. The first one is sponsored by one of the runners we've talked about actually quite a bit on here, and that's because of how active she is and how engaging was she, her fans she's been during the COVID period. But the race that is scheduled for September 26, 2020 is gone completely virtual. In fact, on the website, you can go to runningsignup.com slash race slash CO as in Colorado slash Crested Boot slash Elk Run 5K or just search up Elk Run 5K on Google. It'll pop up for you. On their website, it says virtual comma Colorado United States because there's no location because of the virus. We're about a month and 26 days away from it, and it's sponsored by Elma Colburn. It's become very popular as Nike, as, or excuse me, as New Balance sponsors it as well. But it's a virtual run that's become very popular. Emma Colburn has released her own t-shirt line with this, and they sold out last week within, I think, 24 hours. So she's looking to update another batch of shirts so that you can, that way you can purchase them. But I looked. Of roughly fifty dollars might be a little bit more with taxes and whatever else might be in there, but it's forty-seven dollars for the race sign up that gets you your bib, your hat, which is only to race entries, and then they're gonna give you masks and some other goodies that they did not mention, but there are gonna be more things than just the hat and the race bib. And then there's a $3 fee for the website to do its thing. So there might be some in at the end as well, but roughly about $50 to sign up. And you can run it anywhere you want. But the scheduled day is September 26th, 2020. And then I saw another one on my social media, I think today or yesterday. And it's on nationwiderun.org. And it says a virtual 5K is like a traditional 5K. Friendly competition, t-shirts, Finish line selfies, only you pick the route and what time to wake up. So what they're trying to do is get the biggest and best 5K in the country. In early June, they ran together in the first ever run across America where 12,000 people raised $164,500 for Feeding America. Now they want to do it again on October 3rd. This time it would be the Run Across America Fall 5K. And it supports more organizations with a brand new race app and aiming to be the largest 5K in U.S. history. So I think it's pretty cool. They're trying to get people from all over to run at the same time. Go check it out, nationwiderun.org, or if you want the Emma Colburn one again, remember elkrun5k.com or search it on Google. Find it there. You can also go to Emma Colburn social media and find the information for the race there as well. Speaking of Emma Colburn, while we have her race up, she also was competing this last weekend. Remember Team Boss in the Colorado Mile where she broke her once previous record in Colorado a couple weeks back while they were at it again, this time in Indiana, and Corey McGee, Danny Jones, and the Emma Colburn all took advantage of racing in Indiana at the sea level first time this year, and they were the first trio to run under 4 minutes and 24 seconds in the same race as Team Boss traveled to the Indiana Mile once again at Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. 
McGee, who's a New Balance professional, surged with 250 meters remaining, never let up, and clocked a lifetime best of 421.81 to elevate to 8th all-time American outdoor performer. Danny Jones, a first-year professional, ran a 423.33, and Emma Colburn, who was pacing them through most of it since she set the mile record in Colorado, ran a 423.65, so right on the heels of Danny Jones. They achieved significant personal best to ascend to the 10th and 11th outdoor performers in U.S. history. Trip Hurt won the men's mile in a world-leading 356.18, just off of his 356.02 lifetime best. Nick Harris ran a personal best of 357.11, and Mason Furlick achieving a sub-4 clocking for the first time in his career to place third in 358.87. So pretty intense. You can go back. I think you can still watch it on the USA Track and Field website. I did not watch this one. I actually forgot about it. I had it all in my plans. I put it on our Instagram. So if you wanted to be notified about when they're going to do another one or if they do another one, follow our Instagram. That's a good chance to see what's going on and stay up to date because I usually share the information so you can watch the po- watch the broadcast. But it was on USA Track and Field Facebook page. I think you can still go there and watch it. Also go to Google and search up Indiana Team Boss Mile and it'll pop up the information that you need for you. All right, while we get set to start our workout portion of the podcast i entered a new kind of sound effect and i got a suggestion from one of the listeners and actually it was my fiance madeline that told me that i should have a little bit if you listen to most podcasts there's usually a little entrance piece into the podcast and we'll try to maybe expand on it here eventually but for right now if you listened to the little snippet at the beginning of the series. Go down to episode number one, and it's kind of an intro to the podcast. And at the end, it came up with I came up with the idea, or kind of talked it out, and came up with the idea to, since it's running, you know, every race starts with ready, set, go. So that's how we kind of introduce the podcast. And so I thought I, we would incorporate that into our every episode so that's how we're going to start every workout portion now is with that sound effect that we had last week so if you missed it well here's a chance to hear it right now on your mark get set all right guys let's get started here with our workout for this week and then like i said there's been a lot in the news lately about what is going on in sports. One hits really close to home, and that is the Michigan High School Athletic Association came out yesterday, and they basically announced that practices for low-risk sports, such as cross-country, golf, boys' tennis, girls' tennis, and girls' swimming and diving, may start on August 12th. And competitions can start on August 19th and 21st. However, other sports that are more high risk, such as football, volleyball, soccer, 
have to wait for another. They can start on the 12th, but they can't know officially what's going to happen with games until they make a decision by August 20th. So they're in a little bit of a wait and see, but cross country has basically been given the green light with some restrictions. They're saying that the cross country meets might have a limit or might be highly suggested, I should say, that there's smaller meets, which actually might mean in the state of Michigan, we get back to the roots of cross country, which means dual meets or maybe even three team meets, small meets that really it's what started cross country. Now you see 30, 40, 50 team meets, especially at some big colleges and stuff like that, where it's heavily packed. But they're suggesting smaller team meets. Luckily, in northern lower Michigan, where I'm at, that's normally where it goes. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how of an effect that has on our season up here in northern Michigan. But we'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep you updated. And uh, hopefully, depending on what happens, going to try to maybe have a hand in it at least a little bit. We'll have to see. But good news is, in the state of Michigan... The Athletic Association has decided to at least let us try to have a cross-country season and try to let the athletes have a athletic season after canceling the spring, after having really no other choice after school didn't go back into session. So I also saw an article, this was actually shared in Michigan, and actually the guy that wrote it for MLive was the sports reporter here in my hometown. But... The Indiana High School Athletic Association has decided to go forward with complete plans. They tweeted out yesterday, high school fall sports are on track to proceed as planned. Girls golf practice begins Friday, July 31st with all other sports starting on Monday, August 3rd. So it's going to be interesting to see on a state-by-state basis what they do. These were two that popped up real quick that I could look at. I saw a plan for football state-by-state, but I couldn't find anything cross-country related, so I figured not to share it because it was related to football and we're talking about cross-country and running. But some states, it's going to be interesting. Like Michigan, they're kind of riding the middle ground. I haven't really heard of any states canceling the fall sports yet, but Indiana definitely saying it's a full go. However, on the college side of things, not necessarily the same situation. And we'll go to the NAIA, where that's where Rochester University, where I ran, that's what division they're a part of. Now, if you're not familiar, the NCAA has three divisions, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Then they, there is the NAIA. It is just a step behind the NCAA. Now, if you're not familiar how scholarships go, Division Three cannot offer any athletic scholarships. So sometimes Division Three caliber athletes will drop down to the NAIA, and most of the time, realistically, the NAIA can be on the same level caliber teams as Division Three. You see it, they're pretty similar. There's not much difference. Maybe some schools are a little bit bigger, and they want to be a member of the NCAA. That's why they jump up to Division Three. But other than that, Division Three NAIA, I would say, are almost equal with each other. But they have announced that the fall sports championships events have been pro- 
postponed till spring 2021. So men's and women's soccer, cross country, women's volleyball will now be played next spring. Now these are the championships. They have said that they will make a decision on football later, but this does allow teams to compete in the fall and winter if they choose to. Now the one thing that I get is I get these updates from the NCAA Division One, Division Two, and Division Three levels. I talk about big news breaking or jobs or whatever may be available. It's kind of like a subscription, a free subscription, but it talks about how things, what what's going on with each collegiate level, which really is helpful in this situation because it's talked about what's going on between these different conferences and what they're choosing to do. And so there's been a few that have chose to kind of go in interesting ways. For instance, we've talked about those that have decided to postpone their seasons and move their conferences, conference championships to the spring. And some of those conferences that are doing that are the Upper Midwest Atlantic Conference, which is Division Three, Little East Conference, the Great Lakes Valley Conference, that's Division Two. Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, that's Division Three, and the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, that's also Division Three, have all chosen to move their championships or seasons to the spring. Now, we've talked about some positive things that have come out of this situation, but there's also some interesting, more negative situations that's happened. And we said, you know, I said earlier that I've noticed some sports are kind of either altering the way they're going to go about the season or, as we saw in Indiana's case, just completely going about it. But the New Jersey Athletic Conference had a press release that was released two days ago, and it reads, The New Jersey Athletic Conference President's Council, in consultation with the NJAC Board of Athletic Administrators, made the difficult decision to suspend all fall sports contests and league championships during the upcoming 2020 fall semester. So that means the sports of football, women's soccer, men's soccer, field hockey, women's volleyball, women's tennis, women's and men's cross country all canceled for the rest of the season. Now this is an NCAA conference. So I said Indiana and stuff earlier. But they, with their college conferences, like we talked about uh, Wisconsin's and Michigan's conferences, you know, the Michigan Interlastic or Intercollegiate Athletic Association, the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Association, or Intercollegiate Athletic Conference have decided to postpone their seasons to the spring, or at least their championships to the spring. Nope, New Jersey nixing it all for the 2020 year so gotta feel bad for those colleges there in new jersey that are not gonna have a fall season big big news and this is kind of a bigger conference we'll talk about we'll tell you about who is in this conference so that way you can kind of get a clue so this one is a bigger news story because this is at a division one level and it's the Big West Conference, and they've decided to cancel everything through the 2020 year. So 
Maybe when 2021 rolls around, things will fire back up. But for right now, they're canceling everything for the fall season of 2020. That means cross-country. That means football and everything else. And to give you some perspective on which those teams are that are in the Big West Conference, there are some big names in this conference. The conference may not be all that well-known to some of you, but it's comprised of all California schools, Cal Poly, Cal State Fullerton, Cal Sun, Long Beach State, UC Irvine, UC Riverside, UC Santa Barbara, and Pacific. And then a ninth school from Golden State University of California, Davis, joined the Big West ranks in 2007. And I'm looking at it now at all of their schools. And you can also throw in the University of Hawaii is in this conference as well. So really, that's Cal Poly is a big school. Long Beach is a big school. Hawaii is probably the biggest name out of there that you can think of. They're not really a well-known powerhouse sports team, but the University of Hawaii is in this conference as well. So for these 11, 12 schools, they're not going to have a fall season this year. So once again, we were talking about in New Jersey, now here in California and Hawaii, no fall sports for them this year. That's really going to be a bummer for those student athletes. And we'll have to see what the NCAA decides because we saw in the spring where the NCAA granted all spring athletes another year of eligibility. Will that necessarily happen again here in the fall? That's going to be tough to tell. That's going to be a hard call on the NCAA because some sports or some conferences, I should say, have decided that they're going to continue continue on as planned and have their seasons. And then there's some conferences, like we've mentioned, the NJAC and now the Big West, and the Ivy League that we've mentioned earlier on in our episodes that have canceled their fall sports and decided not to have a season. So do they get an exemption in those conferences where they're not competing but other conferences are? And how is that fair to some of the other athletes that wouldn't get an extra season? So, I mean, it's a tough spot for the NCAA. It's a tough spot for these conferences, and it's a tough spot for these universities and colleges And then, I mean, you look at the high school level as well. It's even more of a tough deal. So, like we said, I didn't want to bombard you. I kind of gave you a summary of what's going on. There's more that you can go up and look at and check out and kind of see what's going on. But for the most part, there's three different ways teams are going. At the college level, we're not seeing it too much where most teams are just continuing on as planned. Most of them are kind of starting to side with the fact that they're going to let their athletes compete this fall, but the championships where you get a mass amount of people or a mass amount of teams in a certain area, they're postponing to spring and they're going to balance those schedules out so that way you can have your spring sports and your fall sports together. And it works because at the college level, you you see some dual sport athletes, but for the most part, like when we look at running, Most cross-country runners are going to run track, so they're going to be continuing to practice the sport that they're there for, where when you're in high school and you're a multi-sport athlete, like for instance, if you're a cross-country runner but you play basketball and also play baseball, you move the cross-country season to spring, and now you're putting cross-country with baseball, and for an athlete, that's tough to do because now 
you got to not only run, but you also got to play baseball and you're focused on your spring sport, but yet you got your competition or maybe your championship in the spring. So that might be a little tougher for high schools to do, but you can understand as I'm ranting here about why the decision to go to the spring in the collegiate level kind of makes a little bit more sense. And I think it's just more of a precautionary thing than anything else kind of seeing what's going to happen with the virus and still wanting to give them a chance. But that means if you're a fall sport athlete in a lot of these conferences that you're going to have to continue training hard through the rest of the year. And it would be interesting after you get through conference play, if you see the athletes kind of take a break for a couple weeks to recoup so that way they can get their energy level or their training level back up to a high right before the national competitions. And for a runner, when you look at that, normally you hit your peak in about the middle of the season. You hit your ultimate mileage, your toughest training in the middle of the season, and then it's kind of like a pyramid back down, where by the time you get to your conference meet and your national meet, you're actually probably running close to the same mileage and about the same level of workouts as you would when you begin the season, so that way you're not fatigued and tired when you go to your meets. So that would be also an interesting thing to kind of figure out what to do with your training when it comes to the national level. And maybe we'll try to get in contact with a coach, see what their thoughts are, and kind of figure out how they're going to go about their season now, especially at the NAIA level where they know that their fall competition championships aren't until the spring. And then you got to factor in running-wise, indoor and outdoor, and still run the cross-country national championships in the spring. It makes it messy. It's going to make it interesting but it may be the safer move in the end, and we'll see how it all plays out. But like I said, so there's the go-as-normal, move the championships till spring, and then there's the complete cancellation, which we're seeing with the New Jersey Athletic Conference and Big West Conference as well. So you're going to see it all over the board. Like I said, it's going to make it interesting for those governing bodies such as the NCAA and NAIA and how they're going to deal with all this and make it fair and whatever. But everyone's looking at it a different perspective. Everyone has different takes on it, different voices, different opinions. Makes it interesting. Like I said, makes it messy. But it sounds like we will have some cross-country racing at some point, which will be exciting to get runners back out there and watch them racing again, even if it's at a socially distanced, minimal, dual meet level. But we will have some racing in some areas of the country at some point this year. All right, guys, so we're going to move into our cool-down portion of our podcast episode. going to start to wrap up episode number 22 of the series. Got a couple guests that I'm trying to line up, fin- or finalize lining up to bring you in the next coming episode, so hopefully we'll get those lined up and get them done in time. We're going to move to our golden rules, and we're a little bit behind because we didn't do one last week, but we're just going to stick with how we've been going. So we're moving to rule number 16, and this is the refueling rule. And the rule states, consume a combination of carbohydrate, protein, foods, or beverages within 30 to 60 minutes after any race, speed workout, or long run. And it talks about Nancy Clark, an RD and author of Food Guide for Marathoners, is quoted as saying, you need an an infusion of carbs to replace depleted muscles, glycogen, 
plus some protein to repair and build muscles. Ideally, the carb-protein ratio should be 4 to 1. Some examples would be 150 to 300 calories of low-fat chocolate milk, a recovery sports drink, flavored yogurt, or a bagel and peanut butter. The exception, immediately refueling, is less important if you aren't running hard again within 24 hours. So I've always heard that it is important within an hour to get some food in you. If you're not running super hard again, I guess it's not as important, but you should always still try to strive to get something in you after you're done, especially, as they said, during workouts or races. You want a good recovery, and you want the workout, even if it is a race, to pay off in the long run, and by refueling, that helps your body regenerate, helps that workout be a success, and helps your body feel and get whatever you're trying to achieve out of that workout. We're going to continue on with our tips here for July, which just realized that as we record this, tomorrow is the last day of July. So this will be the last training tips for our July session, and we might carry it on into August as well, because I think this is a very lengthy topic that we can talk about, and it kind of goes along for a while so and that is mental health and we've talked about kind of mentally what you can do to help prepare and there's a couple things that have been put in here and it's imaging sensing positive picturing and modeling and they all kind of go together the imaging one that i found is create a vivid image in your mind of what you want to do and achieve in your sport and i think that kind of goes along with goals like you need goals and running if you want to achieve and stay positive, at least for me, on running and motivated. And so for me, I always set goals of races I want to run or distances I want to get to or a time that I want to hit. And so right now especially, it's been, okay, I have this virtual run that I want to run here. And I haven't been running a lot lately, but usually it's a race that I strive to run. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to train because I have this race coming in here. And if you image, I try to you know, using the imaging concept, I try to picture myself running really good and a fast time that I have. And so if you picture that, you're going to want to stay positive and, you know, have positive thoughts while you're running and it'll push you to want to run more and run better in your workout. They also talk about bringing in all your senses so you can see, hear, and feel what it's like to have a great workout or race. Imagine the scene in the present tense, so you are totally focused on the task at hand. And so that's just kind of being aware of your surroundings and kind of just going back to the imaging thing. Think about everything. Think about what it smells like to be at the race, what it tastes like. You know, maybe it's a, the taste of victory for some people, the taste of defeat, the taste of your sports drink after you're done, whatever it is, the taste of your mouth getting dry. You know, it can be many different things, but just kind of, it's going back to that mental thing and kind of just getting you mentally prepared. And that's what this week I think really is kind of about the mental imaging, sensing and picturing is really getting you mentally prepared for a race. And, you know, we kind of did some of this in college when I was running too, is coming up with race plans. You know, you sit there and you think about the race and you think about the course and how you want to run it and what you want to do and what you want to achieve. And really that's, that's doing it all. This is really coming up with a race plan and, and coming to it. And when you come up with a race plan, 
whether it's short term or long term, you know, you, you might have your training in there and picturing what your training is going to be like and your normal runs and your long runs and your tempo runs and your speed sessions and whatever else. And so it all, it all comes back to that imaging and sensing and all of it really plays a big factor. You know, and we talked about sometimes that taste of defeat and this guideline that I was kind of looking at, it talks about don't sit there and dwell on the defeat. I mean, do you think a lot of these pro athletes, they come fifth, you know, let's use Des Linden as an example, just because I follow her a lot. I'm very keen to what she's done and, and pay a lot of attention to how she races wherever she's at. And we talk about, you know, she came fourth at the qualifying at the Olympic qualifying session in, in Atlanta. And do you think she sits here and dwells on it? Yeah, I think it's in her head a little bit. I think she thinks about it as motivation, but she's not going to sit here and absolutely destroy herself as she didn't make the Olympic team. I'm sure she might have been upset about it for a little while, but you got to move on. You're not going to find more success if you don't move on at least some bit. You can't sit here and completely dwell on the fact. You can use it as motivation but don't sit here and just devastate yourself over a bad race or whatever. I mean, I've had plenty of bad race. Everyone has a bad race. That's the thing about running that's awesome is you can go in and someone can have a great day and someone can have a bad day. And it could be the best person on the track could have a, the worst race of their life. And then you could have someone who is having a you know maybe not be the fastest but just has a great day due to the conditions or the track or the race or whatever and has an amazing race and you don't expect it and that's that's what I love about sports and that's what I love about running in general is a track is an equal playing field you know there's not much that changes on from track to track you might have weather conditions from you know wind or rain or temperature or whatever but a track's a track. It's flat. It's an oval. And for 95% of the time, it's a quarter of a mile around. Unless we're talking indoor, which I said a quarter of the time. Then it's maybe 200, 300 meters. But for the most part, it's 400 meters around a track. And everyone's got to run it the same amount of times for whatever race you're doing. So makes it really interesting. And the last one we're kind of going to do is, you know, use videos and stuff to help you kind of help picture what it's like you look at good form look at training techniques whatever you need to help you to kind of achieve what you want to achieve and it's all about mental picturing what you want to do and the kind of basis for these points comes from active.com so got to give a props to them for helping me kind of base my thoughts on what I was going to do with the mental training part of it but that's going to wrap it up, guys. Episode 22 is now going to be in the books. Get ready for episode 23. I just locked down a guest that I'm going to talk to early next week. So hopefully I get the podcast right on schedule for next week. And go check out our social media, Instagram, at Believe in the Long Run, Twitter, Long Run 5. Go follow and comment on any of our posts so that way we have some fit, uh positive feedback or negative feedback doesn't really matter just listener feedback in general and then scroll down if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms like google play apple itunes spotify stitcher or of course the believe.com webpage 
Check out our other episodes as well. Tell us what you think and make sure you like, subscribe, and share it with anyone that loves running or maybe your running groups. And we'll see you next week for episode 23. Thanks for listening. Everyone stay safe and have a good night. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.